Good morning, Happy Valley Church. You may be surprised that I'm not Pastor Jim. Um, my name is Randy Myers. I'm the superintendent of the Pacific Conference. If you don't know who I am, uh, hi, it's good to meet you. I know many of you, and I want you to know that I really appreciate you there at Happy Valley, your leader, the people of the church. And uh, anyways, it's a privilege to be here with you this morning. Um, as we all know, Pastor Jim had surgery. He had his hip replaced. I asked him if he got a new hip, whether he'd be a hippie. He assured me not. Anyways, we're glad that he's doing well. If you have a Bible, turn with me to Philippians chapter 4. We're going to look at a, a few verses today, a very familiar portion of Scripture. And the title of my message is Finding Calm in a COVID World. I think we would all agree that this has been a very unsettling time. A lot of anxiety, a lot of discontent, a lot of frustration. But scripture is very clear that we ultimately find our contentment, not in this world, but in our relationship with Jesus. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 4, it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I love that. Not sometimes, not not just when things are going well, but rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. There is a big difference between happiness and joy. Happiness is based on happenings, how things are happening in my life. And if things are going well, you know, I've got that job, I've got a, a new car, whatever we think is, is good, right? Then I'm happy. But joy comes from that relationship we can have with Jesus Christ. And ultimately, our calm in this world comes from Christ, from a relationship with him. He said, I've come to give peace, not as the world gives, a peace that, that cannot be taken away, a joy that cannot be robbed, a joy that comes from him. I find it very interesting that when Paul wrote this letter, he was in a crisis. He was in prison. And just to let you know, prisons back then were very unsanitary. They were dungy. They were stinky. They were, they were horrible places. And yet, Paul was able to say, because of Christ, I can be calm. Because of Jesus, I can have joy. So if you have a, Bi if you have a Bible, and I hope you uh, have one out, or maybe they're on your computers, I want to read to you Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through, I guess we'll go through 9. Philippians chapter 4, 4 through 9. Rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. There's that verse. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your minds and hearts in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. Just for a few minutes, I want to give you three principles on how to be calm in a COVID world. Here they are. 
if you want, you can write it down. In fact, there on the screen today, on the side, is a link to my sermon notes. And I'd encourage you to click that, and I'll be referring to that, uh, that outline as we share together. But here are the three major points. First of all, to be calm in a COVID world, I need to worry less. Okay, number one. Second, I need to pray more. And third, I need to think better. So let's begin with the first one, okay? First of all, worry less. What does the Bible say about worry? How much less should I worry? Listen to what Paul wrote. Do not be anxious about anything. This is incredible. The Bible says I shouldn't be worrying at all. Now, I don't know about you, but that's, that's, incre- that's a challenge. That's a challenge. Uh, the word worry here is really the word ruminate. Uh, the best word picture is like a, a cow chewing its, its cud. Uh, I've been told that um, a, a cow will chew eight hours a day. And of course, they regurgitate it from one of their stomachs, what they've already eaten. And that's kind of the picture of worry. We bring up, we ruminate, we think over and over, we perseverate about things, and and we become anxious. It's a a destructive emotion in our life. Nothing will rob you from your joy. Nothing will disturb the calm in your, your life like worry. And oh, how we are good at worrying. Just a couple of observations about worrying about this word anxiety. First of all, and and this this may be just a kind of obvious, but worry doesn't work. Doesn't work. It's stewing without doing. The famous theologian uh, Irma Burm, Burm, uh, what's her name? Bomback. That's it. Irma Bomback said, "Worrying is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but never gets you." anywhere. There were some studies about worrying, and the guy's name was Dr. Carvet, and he he studied all the worries that we could have, and this is what he came to a conclusion about our worries. First of all, 40% of the things that we worry about never happen, all right? We just spend all that time worrying about them. 30% of our anxieties are from the past, and we can't even do anything about it. 12% are needless health concerns, all right? They're, they're health concerns that we shouldn't even be worried about. 10% are insignificant petty issues. And then he concluded that only 8% are, what I'd say, quote, legitimate concerns. We worry way too much. And Paul says here, do not be anxious about anything. Jesus was concerned about this problem of worry. Um, Over and over, he would tell his disciples not to fear. If you have a Bible, you can turn to a portion of Scripture. I'll, I'll talk about a few verses from it, but it's called the Sermon on the Mount. It's found in Matthew. And in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus says this. In fact, he asks the question, which of you by worrying can add one cubit of or to his stature? Jesus said, by worrying, what does it accomplish? Worrying simply 
doesn't work. Another observation about anxiety and worrying is worrying exposes our unbelief. In the Sermon on the Mount I'm referring to, Jesus also talked about how God cares about us and provides, and provides for us. In Matthew 6.26, Jesus said, Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow, sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? When we worry, it shows that we're really not trusting God. When we worry, we're taking into our hands, into our care, what the Father, our Heavenly Father, should be worrying or taking care of. Don't worry. God cares about you. He knows what you're going through. When we worry, it shows our unbelief. Number three about observation about our anxiety is worry shows our real priorities. Now, I don't want us to feel too guilty, but the fact is, the things that catch my attention, the things that I begin to think about and become anxious about are the things I think are important. In this uh, time of isolation, when we've kind of had to be in our homes and so much was stripped away from us, we were able to sit back and say, whoa, I didn't know that was so important to me. Maybe it was the shopping at the mall that I couldn't do. Maybe it was, you know, my savings account or my investments that kind of took a dive. And all that anxiety that it produced in our life, maybe it was just the fact that we were vulnerable to possibly catching uh, the COVID. But the point is what I worry about shows what I care about. And Jesus I think the reason that Jesus was so concerned about our worry is because it took our focus, it, it took our time, it takes our time off the most important thing, things in life. Notice what Jesus said in Matthew 6, 32 and 33, again, part of the Sermon on the Mount. For the Gentiles seek after all these things. He's referring to the food and the shelter. And he says, and you, your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Okay, he knows that. But seek first his kingdom. Okay, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these other things will be added to you. Worry. If we're going to be calm in a COVID crisis, we're going to have to be committed to worry less. I know that's easier said than done. I got it. But scripture is very clear. Do not be anxious about anything. Why? Because we have a Father, a Heavenly Father, that cares so much about us and we can trust Him. We have a Father that, that knows our deepest worry and we should put Him first in every part of our life. Number two, pray, pray more. Pray more. Well, how much should we pray more? Let's look at the text. In verse 6, and in, in, I've got verse 6b, actually, Paul goes on and says, But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. How much more? Until, the Bible says, until we pray about everything. Some of us 
think, you know, God is only interested in those big issues or God is only interested in those spiritual things. But the fact is, God is interested in every detail of our lives. In this passage of Scripture, there's really two types of prayer mentioned. The first is the prayer of petition. Petition means a detailed, direct prayer. What the Bible's saying here is that when we pray, we shouldn't just be generalizing our prayers. We should be as specific as we can. One translation said it this way, when you pray, tell God every detail of your needs. In fact, I would encourage you that allow worry to be a reminder to pray. Allow your worry, your anxieties, those things that, that, uh, that disrupt your life to be a call to come to the Father in prayer. If you worry about it, pray about it. All right? If, if, you're, if you don't have calm in your life, call on God. Pray more. Pray about everything. In 1 Peter 5, 7, it says, Give all your worries and cares to God, for He cares about what happens to you. So we can give every single care. We can give it to God through prayer. The second kind of prayer here is the prayer of thanksgiving. It says in everything, okay, in everything pray with thanksgiving. The Greek word here, eucharidie, uh, or eucharidie, euchar, I am just butchering that. It's called eucharistie. There it is, eucharistie. I'm trying to look at my notes and, and uh, you can just tell I don't know Greek that well. But it's where we get the word uh, Eucharist. It's where we get the word grace from. It's all wrapped in that word um, of thanksgiving. The Good News Translation says, always asking him with a thankful heart. Do you realize that, the, that one of the healthiest emotions that you and I can have is gratitude. Scientists have even done studies on people that are grateful, and they have found it even increases a person's immune system. And by the way, during this time of COVID, we need immune systems. And I believe that one of those things is to learn to be grateful, to be thankful, to be thankful people. In 1 Thessalonians 5.18, I don't want you to miss this because it's such a common verse and we can kind of just glance over it and say, yeah, I got it. But it says, give thanks in most circumstances. No. It says, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Here's a question I want to ask all of us. I'm asking this for myself. How thankful have I been during this COVID crisis? Because the Bible says in all circumstances. Now, I'll point out this. It doesn't say be thankful for all circumstances. We shouldn't be thankful for disease. We shouldn't be thankful for people dying. But the fact is in all circumstances, we can find something to be thankful for. I believe that this COVID crisis is so grand that God has to be doing something in this world. God wants to accomplish something at Happy Valley. God wants to accomplish something in your life and in my life. And I would, 
I would dread if we went through this crisis and God didn't accomplish his will and what he wanted to do in and through us. We can learn to be thankful. Look for those things, even today, that you can thank God for. Um, if, if you're struggling with a bad attitude, if you haven't taken time to give thanks, I can tell you God's will is for you to be thankful. It's a way, it's a way of praying to God, coming to Him, talking to Him, and thanking Him for who He is and for what He's doing and, and wants to do in and through your life. How can we be calm in a COVID world? Well, you've got to worry less, you've got to pray more, and the third thing is to think better. Well, how should we be thinking? Let's go back to the Bible. In Philippians 4.8, it says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Now, how much better should we think? It says, until we think in an excellent and praiseworthy way. <laughs> wow, that's quite a calling, isn't it? Uh, one translation says, filling your minds and thinking on things that are true and noble and right. You know, here Paul gives us a filter for our thoughts. It's so easy to think bad. It's, all, it's so easy to think negatively. And by the way, this is not a, a positive thinking uh, point here. Our minds are essential for our spiritual well-being. In fact, in 2 Corinthians 10.5, it says, we take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. See, one of the things is, is we we just think what we think is okay. It's just a thought. No, a thought makes a huge difference in our life because our thinking influences our feelings and our feelings affect our actions and our actions produce a lifestyle. It's interesting how people want to change their life and they work hard on it, but they never go back to their thought life. What you are thinking is what you are becoming. In Proverbs, it says, As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. That's Proverbs 23, 7. What's my point here? We need to be very uh, careful about our thoughts. And God wants your thought life to be in, in line with his will for his his desires, his way in your life. So we need to be careful about our thinking. Uh, sometimes Christians are totally indiscriminate what they're allowing into their lives. One of the subtle things that's happened during this COVID crisis is that we've gotten tied up with uh, a, a lot of stuff that's coming across the airwaves. Uh, um, it could be the news, it could be Netflix, and we just need to be careful about what we're allowing into our hearts and into our, into our minds. There's an old saying, it's a computer saying, G-I-G-O. Some of you know what it means, right? It means garbage in, garbage out. 
God wants us to be careful about the things that we allow into our lives, what we think about, because it can be the most uh, disrupting thing if we think about the things that aren't true, the things that aren't good, the things that aren't noble, the things that are not praiseworthy. Now, Paul, as he concludes and he's, he, he works through this letter, right in the heart of it, he gives us this wonderful promise. And I want us to conclude this morning with this promise. It's there in Philippians 4, 7. He writes, and the peace of God, that's, that's the calm, right? The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That word guard is an interesting word. It actually came, the, the word picture here is a Roman garrison or a, gar, uh, a Roman guard. And the people at Philippi, this was a Roman town, they were familiar with guards being around uh, their town to keep the peace, the, the, the Pax Roman, the peace of Rome. And Paul is using that word guard to say, don't let the world guard your heart. Don't let the things around you guard your heart. Let the presence of Christ, the peace of God, the, tr the peace that transcends all understanding, He will guard your hearts and your minds. Today, I, I hope that you and I as believers can lean in to Jesus Christ. Paul said this. He said, he says, I rejoice always. Again, I, I say it, rejoice in the Lord always. We can find that calm in a COVID world by turning to Christ. Let's bow our heads together. Would you pray with me as we conclude? Lord Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you for Paul and his encouraging words that he wrote in prison about how he found joy and calm in his relationship with you. And Lord, I just pray that each one of us would apply these three simple principles that we would worry less. Forgive us, Lord, for worrying about things that really don't matter, for worrying about things that we can't make a difference about, for worrying about things that, that show us that we're not putting you first. Help us to seek your kingdom and your righteousness. And Lord, help us to pray more. Thank you that during this time that many of us have, have spent more time in prayer and, and, and people have have been called to pray, but Lord, we want to be praying. We, we want to be talking more to you. And then, Lord, guard our minds. Help us to think better. Help us to think about the things that are true, that are noble, that are praiseworthy. Lord, we want to follow you. Help us to put you not, not just as part of our life, but in the center of everything in our life. And help us to realize that that's where the calm comes. It's our relationship with you, Lord. We pray this in your name and for your glory. Amen. Amen. Great to be with you here today. Uh, keep praying for Pastor Jim in his recovery. And uh, hopefully, he'll be back next week. God bless you.